On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 23, another episode of On Screen and Beyond, and we have a couple of things we want to let you know about before we get on to the uh, remake madness and the upcoming movies and the DVDs and the sequels and all that sort of stuff. Um, We have, let's see here, some uh, new things coming to On Screen and Beyond. We're going to be coming up with a new look to the website as we start our second season, and we have some interesting interviews that will be coming your way in the next few months, including Don Most, who played Ralph Malf on Happy Days in the 70s and 80s. Also, we're going to be having an interview with John Provost, who played Timmy on Lassie in the 50s and 60s, and many, many more celebrities who uh, will let you know who they are and when they're coming up a little bit later on, and you will also learn a lot about them as they talk about their careers and their stories that they have about the shows that they been on so uh, that's uh, some interesting stuff coming to the website and of course to the podcast as we bring you those celebrity interviews and let's see um we also have uh, coming up um right now on our website there is a link that will bring you to the ryan and sean eventful.com segment okay now if you don't know what eventful.com is it is a website where you can go and you can vote to try to get uh, celebrities or movies or groups or whatever to come to your area but this is something a little bit different because you can do that and you know nothing may be coming of it but with the ryan and sean not so excellent adventure movie you could get that movie and some of the um, stars and the uh, actors and cast and everything could be coming with that movie to your area. Now, what they got to do, what you got to do is go to that website, eventful.com, and I do have a link on the website that you can go to on the Ryan and Sean exclusive page, and you just click on that. It'll bring you to where you can vote. Now, what they're doing is they are having the top three winners on October 31st, okay? Between now and October 31st, you can vote, or demand as they call it, that Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure has a showing at your town, okay? Or somewhere around your town. And what you got to do is get as many people as you can to vote, and then the top three on October 31st will be the three places where there will be a special showing of the Ryan and Sean Not-So-Excellent Adventure movie, all right? And the cast and crew, some of them will show up, depending on, on availability, of course, whoever can make it. But uh, that's something that you can do. So get your friends together, get your family, get whoever, and uh, they only let you vote once. So, you know, you got to log in, you got to register, um, and then you turn around and you can vote to have them come to your area. Now, any town or city can win, all right? It doesn't matter where you are, uh, but you have to vote to get your, your town or city in there. Now, currently on our website, we're keeping track for you um, so you know which ones are in the lead. At this moment, now, of course, this could change whenever you're listening to this podcast, but at this moment, L.A., Los Angeles, is the number one city. And second is New York City. And third is San Francisco. But there are very, very many close cities to those and towns that are coming up 
So it's all a matter of how many people from your area you can get to vote to get Ryan and Sean's not-so-excellent adventure movie to come to your theater. So what you got to do is, like I say, go there and vote. Now, there's, like I said, there's a lot of other places that are catching up to, especially the lower one, which was uh, San Francisco on third place, in the third place one. Uh, we got Houston, we got Dallas. Uh, there's further down the line, it's London. There's um, Melbourne, Australia, uh, Sydney, Australia. There's Malaysia. There's um, I can't even remember where else there were. There all kinds of cities and towns and everywhere. So the main thing is you got to vote. And if you vote, you can get them to have, because they will have the top three cities or towns, they will have a special showing. They'll make arrangements to have a, uh, a theater that will show it, and um, some, of the, some of the people, the cast and crew, will be at that showing, so you can meet some of the people involved through the movies, and... Um, so that's uh, that's what you got to do. So it's a kind of an exciting thing where people actually will decide where the special showings are. They've all along dis- uh, wanted to do special showings, and they were pl- trying to decide where do we do it. Well, this is how they're going to do it. They've decided that uh, you are the ones who will decide. So if you have the most people who can vote in your area, you could get them. doesn't matter if it's L.A. or if it's... Uh, uh, little town USA over out in Montana or wherever. So uh, just vote. That's all you got to do. And get your friends to do that too. So that's at eventful.com. All you got to do is go to onscreenandbeyond.com and go to the Ryan and Sean movie exclusive page and you'll see that we have a tracking of that. So you can just click and go there, put in your city, your town, whatever, get it on the list and see if you can get all your friends to uh to get on the bandwagon, and maybe they'll end up having a showing in your area. Okay? And let's see. One other thing coming up on the interview segment in this episode, actor-director Richard Van Vliet, who for years played Dr. Chuck Tyler on All My Children, the soap opera, and he also did many guest appearances on many, many, many TV shows, including Mission Impossible, Canon, Adam-12, Night Gallery, Mannix, and, and many more. Um, but the other thing uh, that he has been involved with lately is he is the director of the Ryan and Sean Not-So-Excellent Adventure movie. And he shares his outlook on the movie and uh, Ryan and Sean and all sorts of things. So sit back, relax, and get ready to delve into the world of Richard Van Vliet right here on the interview segment of On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we'll be having... Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, it looks like there's a possible remake of Mortal Kombat. Remember that one? It's a, a game and all that sort of stuff. Well, it uh, they're saying that it's going to be a reworking of 1 and 2, the movies 1 and 2. Only time will tell exactly what they're going to do with that, but uh, that's what they're saying right now. It's not going to be a sequel. It is going to be a remake. All right. And let's see. The director of the Mummy movie, Stephen Summers, uh, is looking to direct uh, and make a remake of Tarzan. Okay. Now, Tarzan's been done over and over and over in all sorts of forms, uh, TV, movies, everything. Uh, But they're going to try to make another one, and he's currently working on the G.I. Joe film. And let's see, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles may be heading for a remake, and they're saying that it will not be a sequel also, 
uh, it's going to be a reinvention. That's what they're calling it. Uh, so it's uh, a reworking of uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles maybe coming your way. And also Poltergeist is heading for a remake. The 1982 classic was originally co-written by Steven Spielberg. So they're going to try to redo that one. That was a scary movie. I can remember it came out. It was, it was a PG originally. And uh, there was a big flack about it because it was such a scary movie. And for young people to go to that, uh, you know, it just about scared the wits out of them. So uh, when the tree starts coming through the, the window and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that was kind of an intense movie for children. It, uh, it was just something that uh, they had a, a reworking after that of the, uh, the, the rating system and came out with the PG-13 and all that. So anyways, that's it for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next... Upcoming movies, right here. All right, upcoming movies in 2009. Look for The Lonely Maiden as it comes to theaters. It's going to star Morgan Freeman, Christopher Walken, and William H. Macy as museum security guards who plan to steal the artwork that they have protected for years when they find out that the artwork is being transferred to another museum. October 3rd of this year, Ed Harris directs, writes, and stars in Appaloosa. And uh, The Continuing Adventures of 007 hits theaters on November 7th with Quantum of Solace. Okay, once again, Daniel Craig plays James Bond. And you know how I've been telling you over and over and over that... um, there is uh, always a chance that movies can be changed, shifted, uh, not made, uh, starting to be made, change the date when it's going to be shown and all that sort of stuff. Well, we have an example here. Originally, December was the release date of Twilight, but now it seems Twilight has moved to November 21st. And uh, it stars uh, Taylor Lautner, and it arrives in theaters, like I said, on November 21st. Uh, and before the release, we will have another interview with Taylor Lautner to talk about the release of the movie coming up. So uh, keep tuned for that because that's going to be coming out very soon. All right, that's about it for upcoming movies. Coming up next, Sequel City, right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're going down to Sequel City right now. Nicolas Cage has uh, been in, in discussions with Studio Honchos about Ghost Rider 2, all right? And that's a sequel to the 2007 film. And it looks like Shark Tale 2 is in the rumor mill. Shark Tale was, of course, a CGI animated tale about a group of gangster fish, uh, and it was out in uh, 2004, so they're looking to remake that. Uh, not remake that, sequel that, rather. And uh, let's see here. The Ring 3 is in the works also. It's set for a 2009 release. And inevitably, it was going to happen. The sequel to Sex and the City. The Sex and the City movie 2. Sex and the City 2 will um, head into theaters on 2011. So there will be obviously a lot of ladies and a lot of men too that uh, will be heading out to see that one. That's coming up. So, uh, let's see. Coming up next, we'll have TV on DVD 
right here and on screen and beyond. All right, TV on DVD. It looks like The Simpsons, the complete 11th season, comes to DVD on October 7th from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment, and it contains all 22 episodes. And also on October 7th, look for 30 Rock Season 2 as it comes to DVD with 5 hours and 20 minutes of fun. And the new CBS series Swingtown, the first season, will be in stores on DVD on December 9th. It will be a four-disc set with bonus material. And also CBS Paramount will release the final season of Gomer Pyle USMC on November 25th. And it was the show's fifth season and final season. And Route 66 races into stores on October 21st with the second season. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, movies coming out on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> movies coming out on DVD. Well, it looks like Deception with Hugh Jackman comes into theaters on September 23rd. October 28th, Disney releases Tinkerbell on DVD with Angelica Houston, Raven Simone, and Jesse McCart- uh, McCartney. And look for Vicky Cristina Barcelona, which is in theaters right now, and it's going to be released on DVD on November 25th. It's starring Scarlett Johansson, Re- uh, Rebecca Hall, and Penelope Cruz. And finally, November 18th, Fanboys hits stores in a movie about a bunch of Star Wars fans who set out to fulfill their dying friend's last wish. And if you don't know what that last wish is, you're going to have to see the movie because uh, I'm not going to tell you. And that's it for movies on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we'll have our interview with actor-director, the director of Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure, I might add, Richard Van Vliet, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. My guest today is Richard Van Vliet. Hello, Richard. How are you doing? Very fine. How are you doing, Brian? Good. I just wanted to let everybody know here first uh, that a lot of people know you as Dr. Chuck Tyler. Now, you also uh, did a couple of years on The Guiding Light. Yes. As Dr. William Ed Bauer, Jr. Uh, Yeah, Ed Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and I was also looking at uh, your guest appearances on TV shows. You've gone uh, a lot of classic TV shows, like The Magician with Bill Bixby. Yeah, that was a two-hour movie for television. Mm-hmm. And then Mission Impossible, Marcus Welby, MD, The Bold Ones, Cannon, Night Gallery, The Virginian, uh, Adam Twelve. The list goes on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of those, I, you know, because they were running for so long, I did multiple appearances on. I always played the heavy, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and the heavy, for viewers who don't know what that is, that's the villain. <laughs> and as we um, will be coming to the, uh, uh, talking about the Ryan and Sean movie that you're directing, we'll get into that. I know a lot of the listeners are, are excited about that movie, but uh, I just wanted to give everybody a background of uh, all the things you've done over the years. Um, and movies, you've been in a lot of movies, um, I uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up on the Ryan and Sean, uh, Leonard Perko is uh, one of the executive producers of the film, and he was watching television, and um, he, he said, 
he thought he recognized that guy. And it was an old rerun, and uh, he said, but I couldn't place him. And uh, then at the end of the title, it, um, as a guest star, they saw Richard Van Vliet. <laughs> <laughs> and this was just a couple of weeks uh, uh, after we, I think, after we finished shooting uh, Ryan and Sean. Uh huh. What did did you know what show it was? I, I think it was. Uh, I think I only did a couple of those, and I think it was one where uh, I cut my ex-wife's head off. But but what show was that? What show was it? I, I don't even remember the name of it. Oh, uh-uh. it was uh, it was Adam Twelve, I think. Oh, on Adam Twelve, yeah. <laughs> I think that's when I did. I couldn't remember. I, you know, I've decapitated so many people. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> I always played the villain. I was always the killer or something. Yeah. What What was the first thing you were you did for acting? What was your start? Uh, I got a, uh, the first thing I did. Uh, of course, I was uh, oh boy. Uh, I was in New York under a scholarship to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Uh, I applied for it. Uh, there were twenty five thousand applicants applicants throughout the United States. And then we all had to uh, audition, and uh, then they you won the regionals, and then you went to the nationals, and uh, you, you did the statewide, then you went to the regionals, then you did the nationals, and they picked up 13 winners and 13 alternates, and I ended up going to New York, yeah, and, uh, and that was sponsored by ABC, American Broadcasting Company. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was there in New York, I did a revival of The Right Honorable Gentleman um, uh, off-Broadway. And uh, the original producers came back, and they were asking me who told me how to play the role that way. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't think anybody told me. I just thought that's the way I should play it. And they said, well, damn, have we had him play that role that way? We could have... Uh, run for another couple of years. And huh. out of that, I got uh, three contract offers, uh, one from Universal, Paramount, and Screen Gems. And uh, I selected Universal because they were doing film and television. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Screen Gems was only doing television, and um, Paramount was doing mostly nothing but film. Uh-huh. And I wanted exposure on those. And so that's, uh, that really started me in the film industry, but I had been doing plays before that, dinner theater. Do you have yeah. a preference of theater or film, TV? Well, I like the immediacy of uh, the audience reaction. Uh, I like intimate theater, theater in the round. Uh, I've done a lot of proscenium, uh, Shakespeare, and, you know, some of the classics. And I enjoy that. Uh, but I like the intimacy of the theater uh, because it, it's so close and you can play all the nuances. And uh, intimate theater, you know, because we played in houses that only seated uh, 150 people, but it was in the, in the round. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you could hear the breathing and everything. <laughs> and uh, I was doing the zoo story and... Uh, came to the knifing scene, and uh, the audience, when I turned around, hit 
the I get stabbed in it. And I, I turned around, and there was a, a slight snicker from some of them because they said, oh, he's going to hold the knife. Had a blood pouch under the knife. And then I reached out to sturdy myself with a hand that was holding the knife, and the knife was sticking out of me. And I reached forward, and we had about 350 people in the audience that night. And boy, they just scrambled out of the way. It scared the hell out of me. And, uh, and uh, television is much like that. There is a segue, uh, because it is that intimate. Mm -hmm. The problem is you don't get the audience reaction, except from the crew. Right. Now, you had an appearance in airport. It was uncredited, I guess. Uh, what it was, it was supposed to be a co-starring role because everybody, every actor who was on the plane was Bill, uh, everybody who had lines in the movie uh, got co-star billing. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to have co-star billing because I was passing out blank coats and blankets to everybody. And in the original script, when we started to shoot it, I was supposed to grab Dean Martin from being sucked out of the airplane. Oh, really? <laughs> and at the last minute, they had Jacqueline Desai do it. Uh-huh. You know, because uh, uh, she's the star of the film. Yeah. But um, I played an Army private first class or something in it, and uh, we had to go in for dubbing. And that's when they show the movie on the screen, and then you have to go in and do your lines over. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I couldn't get in. I was the last person because I was working so damn much that they went ahead and did everything, uh, got the whole movie edited, and then they set up a special day that I could get in and do the voiceovers of, you know, of my lines. And uh, they had already printed up the... Uh, so I didn't even get credited for it. Uh. <laughs> Missed it out, but I was working a lot. Yeah. That worked out well. Yeah. Now, on soap operas, um, is it, it must be really hard to learn all your lines like that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's every day, right? You're doing those? Yes, yes. And uh, most people don't know that the scripts run about uh, 92 to 94 pages of dialogue. Because soap operas uh, depend uh, a lot on dialogue, very little action mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. I remember one day I had 57 pages of just my, of my dialogue. Jeez. And uh, you have to get it down the next day. Boy, that must be uh, hard. <laughs> but what helped me is that um, I went to Denver because I was supposed to do... Uh, I was supposed to do a series that was being uh, uh, was being produced out of Denver, Colorado, and uh, we were supposed to fly overseas, and he was supposed to be a spy and all the rest of stuff, and we were all shooting overseas all the time, but that was the home base. Mm -hmm. And so I went out there and uh, preparing for the scenes, and then they got a cancellation on the movie. Mm -hmm. um, on that series, they just dropped it, uh -huh. and uh, they were casting for a PBS series at that time with the uh, oh, uh, satellite technology demonstration. It was an NET, and it was about uh, distance learning education, and it was the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, it was based on Star Trek. And so they wanted to make it entertaining as much, and so they asked me to direct it. And so I went in to direct it, and um, then they decided that they wanted me to play the lead in it. And we had to shoot uh, 45 pages of dialogue a day, and it was mostly monologue. And that really got me up to speed. Now, would that have been one of your first treks into directing, or had you directed before? No, I had directed before. I was, I had been teaching at uh, Central Arizona College. Uh, I had been directing stage plays before then, ah, and yeah. uh, stage, and uh, you know that, and uh, and then I started teaching it at a, a college during the hiatus period in Central Arizona College, and I started that, and I started directing and. Uh, uh, films and uh, at that time nobody had television and so we were the first junior college to have a cinematography department and um, I wrote some uh, what they call docudramas now mm-hmm. and it was the first of the kind it was called Citizen Ride and it was uh, in conjunction with the Phoenix Police Department and I pulled people because I was uh, directing all the plays there at the college, and then I was directing the plays at the uh, community theater. We called it uh, the Adult Actors Workshop, and then we brought them in to work with the, the you know, with the actors there. Mm-hmm. And then I was teaching on the Papago Indian Reservation and going to San Manuel and teaching all of that, but. Um, I instituted the cinematography department, and uh, we used the music department and uh, the script department. We did promotional films for the college and everything else. So uh, I had been doing that, but that was that was back in the, I think 1970 or something like that. Uh-huh. Now, you also did, um, I mean, you've worked in, like I was saying, a lot of different TV shows and everything, but you, back in the um, 60s, you worked on Dragnet, even. Yes. Yeah? I go back to Run For Your Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, what was the other one? Uh, Ironside? Oh, yeah, Ironside, name of the game. Yeah. Old ones. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I don't even remember all of them. Now, I refuse to work Dragnet again. Really? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Jack Webb was uh, not a very pleasant man. Oh, he wasn't? No, he treated his actors like dummies. Hmm. He said, stupid, nod your head, stupid. And he called his actors stupid. Huh. You know? And um, that's not the way to direct or get anything from actors. Huh, yeah. yeah. And now you also appeared in Angel in My Pocket? Yes. Now, uh, that, that was sort of one of those movies where there were a lot of stars in it. Yeah, that was Andy Griffith, Don Knox, uh, oh boy. And I was married to Lee Meredith, I think. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sh- no, Lee Meredith was uh, with Andy Griffith, and I was married, uh, God, I can't remember, it was a blonde girl. And it was supposed to be, the blonde girl was Andy's daughter or something. Uh-huh. I can't remember. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, 
It was a comedy. Now, you've been very busy lately. Last fall, you had the opening of the Warner picture of Fallen Angels. And then now you have Ice Cream, the remix, coming out. Or it's just been released on DVD, I should say. Oh, it has. And now you have just wrapped up the directing of Ryan and Sean's Not So Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. How, how did that go? Ah, oh, marvelous. You know, I, I was, yeah, Ryan and Sean are just, I mean, they're really natural and, you know, and, uh, we approached it because it's uh, because it's good, clean entertainment, which is really nice, and it's comedy. Mm-hmm. And comedy is one of the hardest things that you can do, uh, especially in television or in film, because you don't get the feedback. Right. Yeah. You know? And so I encourage the. Uh, I gave a little speech before we even started to all the crew and uh, to the actors in there. And I told them, I said, during the rehearsal, please, I want you guys, if you think it's funny, to laugh. Feel free to laugh and make comments or anything while the scene is going on. Mm-hmm. But don't do it when we're taking it. Because I needed, I wanted the actors to feel, uh, <clears throat> to have some feedback that they were going in the right direction. It's, it's nothing like when you want to tell a joke and then the audience is dead. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's what makes it very difficult uh, in doing comedy. Uh, you can do slapstick, uh, you know, that, that works. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, overall, I, it was just the pure enjoyment working on that film. Now, was it difficult at all working with two people who you know, really don't have any technical training as far as actors other than what they do on the Internet, which is very, you know, free-flowing, I guess you'd call it. Well, we tried to keep it as free-flowing uh, with them as possible. Ryan and Sean, they were just 100% go on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would give them some suggestions, because there are a lot of ad-libs in the scene, and I would give them some, some, some suggestions on dialogue and just let them go with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that that works out very well. Yeah, I've seen some of the clips. I haven't seen you know all the dailies or anything like that. But uh, um, what I did see, it it looks looks like it's really good. You you did a great job with it. Yeah, well, we had uh, we had terrific people. It's rare that you can get a crew together that doesn't fight each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, squabbling back and forth, uh, just kind of nitpicking. You say, well, you know, the the boom's in the shot. You're in the wrong place, you know. Yeah. Uh, The lighting's not right. Uh, The cameras, you know, and uh, they bicker back and forth. I told you to hold that. You're supposed to catch him, you know, with the light. And we had none of that. Hmm. Um, We had a DP, uh, Paul, who was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I get somewhat frightened because uh, on several of the other films that I've directed, I've hired a DP, uh, director of photography, and uh, they wanted to shoot it, and I would uh, I would set up the shot or let them do it, and I found out that they couldn't even compose a shot. And a lot of these people have been in the business for years. You know, one of them that we hired, 
said he had 17 years experience shooting film and uh, he couldn't even compose a shot in the uh, you know in the camera mm-hmm. because composition is very very important especially when you're shooting in a wide format 16 by 9 high def mm-hmm. and um, when I met uh, in one of the pre-production meetings I met Paul and I told him uh, uh, they I was going to shoot the film, work as the DP and direct at the same time, and uh, Mr. Zamrak decided that um, he would prefer that I just direct it. And so uh, he hired this DP, and uh, I told him, I said, if, um, look, I said, uh, nothing against you, but I have never seen any of your work, I don't know how you work. And I said, I would want, I want to make sure I set up the shots and everything else, and I, uh, I'll let you do it. And if I like what you're doing, then I'll let you shoot it, and then we can trade off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, please, don't be insulted, because I've been burned by a lot of DPs. And, um, and on the first day of shooting, we sat down. I let him set up the shot. I told him where I wanted the camera. And uh, he framed it and everything else. And I told him I like movement, and we corresponded that way. And the guy was terrific. Yeah. I mean, and he and I saw eye and eye, and I really put my trust in him. And uh, it looks like it paid off. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I, well, I've seen the, I mean, they're still working on the film itself, but I've seen the, the trailer, which hasn't been released yet because they're still working on it. But I could tell by the trailer some of the scenes, of course, you know, the trailer is very quick on, on the shots, on the, yeah. the, but you could just tell um, that you did a great job with the, the, the visual effect of the film, and, you know, some of the, the scenes that uh, they show in the trailer are just a riot. Um, there was one of, the scene, one of the scenes I saw was the, um, or clips, I should say, not scene, is the stuff you did in front of the, or some of the stuff you did in front of the green screen, where oh, they're, good. where their hands are moving in different directions while they're on the motorbike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that looked funny. Oh, good. Yeah, good. but but it looked really sharp, and, and, you know, the picture looks great. Oh, super. Yeah, we have a lot, we have, uh, we have a lot of stuff that we have, uh, you know, we shot in front of the green screen. And uh, we cast a lot of people, and there's a lot of, um, we do a, uh, a lot of takeoffs on some of the very popular movies, uh, and, uh, and it worked very well. Yeah. And we tried to set up the shots that way. And, uh, and it really relieved me, uh, you know, after I, uh, I would tell them where the camera would be and what I'm looking for and everything else and uh, set it up and then we'd go from there and uh, we did a lot of uh, we have boom shots and uh, crane shots and a lot of steady cam and so we use and then we have um, uh, you know mounted cameras on the uh, on the on the jeep and um, so we have all those we have airplanes in it and we've got <laughs> and you can't believe some of the shots and some of the actors in the uh, limousine, because we shot in a limousine while we were rolling, mm-hmm. and it is just a scream. My problem was, <laughs> um, 
We had uh, we had the uh, the first AC camera assistant. Uh, she made a com comment that she said she was watching me while they were shooting it, and I'm viewing the monitor. And she said you enjoyed it more than the kids did. <laughs> and I guess. <laughs> pardon me. And what I ended up doing is that I would screw up the scene <laughs> because I would laugh right in the middle of the damn scene. We'd have to reshoot it. Now, see, you just you, you were saying that you told the crew, "Do not laugh during the film." <laughs> and I did. I did it more than once. <laughs> I mean, I kept doing it, and I said, "I'm sorry. It's so funny." <laughs> and, and of course. Yeah, I did exactly what I told them not to do. <laughs> so, you, so you think the fans will be uh, pleased with the outcome of the movie? I think uh, yes. I think I think they really will because it, it's good humor. It is fast-paced. Uh, it's spontaneous, and it's it's like old filmmaking. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be uh, a real sleeper. I think it's going to go over very, very well. Yeah. Especially in the age bracket uh, at which we're aiming. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's good for all of them, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it is funny. It is, I mean, uh, you know, I, I like humor. And, but when it's cracking the director up <laughs> and he screws up the shots, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are just great. <laughs> Ryan and Sean are so funny. And uh, I have them jumping off bridges and stuff, jumping mm -hmm. out and running into the cameras. And um, so, I mean, we, we, <laughs> we set it up, and it was so funny. Oh. And um, they have one they call Secret Asian Man. Mm -hmm. Secret Asian man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a scream watching them. Well, I saw on the trailer they were doing a uh, the spoof of Blues Brothers, and oh, yeah. the filming of that looked looked perfect. And like I say, with the the trailer, it's just a glimpse of everything, you know, because it's going by so quick because it's a very fast paced trailer. But uh, it looked really good. There are just so many things in there that. You know, when I saw it, wow, that looks nice. <laughs> yeah, and it is fun. It is fun. There's a lot of music in it, and it's upbeat, and um, and they sing, and there's, uh, you know, beautiful women, and um, <laughs> it's got all the taste of everybody. And one of, uh, did they have the massage scene in it, the Sweeney Todd scene? There was a quick blip of it, but not not a whole lot. You know that we saw different different parts of that. Okay. So but, uh, the massage scene, I just I was just cracking up with Helga. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it just is incredible. And then with the uh, you know the stalking mangina. Yeah. Um, and the way we shot that, uh, I think worked very well. Yeah. And um, and it's very mysterious and, uh, and kind of foreboding. Yeah. And so, but I think it works well. So there's a, there's a lot of 
everything in it. There's mystery and there's comedy mm-hmm. and there's just outright fun and there's sadness and there's uh, and it really tells you about Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and some of it is <laughs> some of the interviews that I've had and some of the auditions that I've gone through were dreadful and it just touches on it. Uh-huh. Actually, none of them are exactly alike. But I think uh, I think when you wrote that, I think you picked up on one of my auditions. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think you did. Because I saw it and I said, Brian, I think this came from Brian when I was telling him about my experience in one of the auditions. <laughs> and so when you wrote that, I think that's what was in your mind. Was it? It, it could be. I have no idea. When I... <laughs> Well, hopefully they'll, you know, everybody will enjoy it. Oh, I think they will. It was dynamite. I like the other one that you wrote, too, so I I enjoyed that. What was the nice compliment that Derek paid me? And he did it in front of the whole crew on uh, our rap day, the rap party. Mm -hmm. That's where we wrap all the shooting up, and it's the end of the... And then everybody goes about and does their mundane jobs. Yeah. You know, their nine to five. <laughs> and, uh, but he got up in front of everybody and he said, there isn't, I've never asked uh, a director to direct another film of mine. Um, and uh, I've asked, and he said, I'm going to ask Richard to direct the next film. <laughs> hmm. oh. which, is, which is a heck of a nice compliment. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that worked out very well because uh, I wasn't the director that was chosen. Oh, really? Um, I was a fill-in because uh, Derek wanted me to play one of the roles in it and to shoot it. And and then the director that he had selected was unavailable at the time because he was doing another project. Uh, That's right. Originally, you were going to be the producer or the studio executive right one of the other yeah one of the other one of the two yeah i can't yeah yeah i remember that now i think it was going to be the producer mm-hmm. and uh and then they they got uh god what's his name i can't remember but he's hilarious yeah, and he worked with shorty again shorty is the god is he great he is funny and uh I mean, he takes direction, and then you just let him go, and um, you see what he can come up with. And he was, he was marvelous, just hmm. marvelous. He's funnier than you can ever believe. He was in Ice Cream, but he has a very short uh, he has a very short part in uh, Ice Cream. Uh-huh. And this one, he has one of the major roles, and um, God, he's he marvelous in it. <laughs> he really works. Yeah. You know? As uh, one of the little people, he is uh, he'd be crass and um, obnoxious, but lovable at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scene in the limousine is just hilarious. I can't wait to see the whole thing. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, they have a uh, they have what do you? It's not a duet when three people sing. What is it? A trio? A trio, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's. Uh, it's a trio, and <laughs> his annex in the limo is just hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny as all get out. Yeah, should be good. Uh, hopefully the fans will like it. and, and uh... I think they will. If they see it, they'll like it. 
Yeah. You know, uh, because it, it really moves. It's very fast-paced. There's a lot of action in it. There's a lot of comedy in it. There's a lot of uh, parodies on... Um, because we hit them all. We hit Sweeney Todd. We hit uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. We hit all of, you know, and No Country from Old Men. Yeah. The Blues Brothers. Uh, we hit them all. Yeah. First thing will be to get this one out and, uh, you know, wherever the pr- premiere ends up being, uh, hopefully you're going to be going, I, I would presume. Oh, you're not a kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elaine, who is the uh, co-producer on the film, Elaine Kellett, and I will be there with bells on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be tons of fans at, at the, the premiere, and uh, I'm hoping I'll be able to get there. And uh, Well, you better as the writer. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I'm hoping to, and then, you know, maybe get some interviews and reactions from fans and things like that to put on one of my shows or something like that. And uh, Oh, super. Yeah. Yeah. It no, should, you've got to be there. Should be fun. And uh, I know they're thinking of doing special events at, in different cities throughout the, the country. And Oh, super. Well, Richard, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to talk to us. Well, thank you, Brian. And, uh, and God, I hope to see you there. Oh, yes, yeah. That's the opening, okay? Yep. (laughs) Okay. And once again, I want to thank Richard for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, It's always enjoyable talking to Richard. I've known him for a long time, and uh, we appreciate him taking the time to talk to us and talking to us about his career and the movie that he directed Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure, which will be coming your way very, very shortly. And, of course, that also wants me to remind you that uh, you can vote on having an early showing of Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure come to your town for a special showing with some of the cast and crew there and the showing of the movie and a good time will be had by all. And uh, if you want... Uh, To have that happen in your town or near your town, all you have to do is go to go to onscreenandbeyond.com. That's probably one of the easiest ways. Go to the Ryan and Sean movie exclusive page. And on that page, you will see where you can go to eventful.com and you can vote. And then on between now and October 31st, the top three cities or towns will be getting a special showing of Ryan and Sean's Not-So-Excellent Adventure. On October 31st, that's the last day of voting, or demanding, whichever they call it, demanding. And uh, as I said, the top three cities or towns will be the places where they will be showing special showings of the movie. Before anybody else can see it or get it on DVD or anything else, this is where you're going to do, of course, they're going to have a premiere also, but uh, that's going to be the place where it could come to your area and you could have some people there who were involved with the movie and who knows who's going to be there. But anyways, that's uh, what's going on. You can go there and just, like I say, go to our website. There's a link up there and you can get connected with it and you can vote and get your friends to vote and get as many people as you can to vote and uh, it doesn't matter you can have somebody who you know your your uh, your grandmother or your uncles and your aunts or anything as long as they have a separate email account have them go and vote and get that movie to your place in your town no matter where it is do it we'll see how the it racks up uh, the the uh, points uh, or 
scores or whatever you want to call it. The votes will rack up demands, they call them, and we will find out. And we'll keep you updated on our website. Also, we still have, every once in a while, they'll be sending us more pictures to put up or more information about the Ryan and Sean movie. And um, we want you to keep, you know, coming back. I'll, I, I, they're putting it up as much as we get. Um, and we'll be having the trailer coming out very shortly on that. And uh, we hope you'll enjoy that. So, anyways, that's about it now. Um, that uh, we have to tell you about, of course, check out our website, onscreenandbeyond.com, and uh, look at some of the other interviews we've had. We've done all kinds of interviews with people, and we got some very exciting ones coming up in the second season here, starting very shortly. And, uh, you know, listen to some of these people and hear, hear the interesting stories they have to tell about their their days on uh, some of the probably some of the greatest TV shows there were, um, and some of the new people that are coming up talking about the movies they're in and uh, all that stuff. It's it's just a lot of interesting stuff to go listen to, and it's all right here and on screen and beyond. So that's about it for now. Until next time, this is Brian saying, take care. Uh-huh.